Welcome back to another episode of Addicted to MRR. Today we have Damien Rufus from wakeupbrew.com. How's it going, Damien? Good, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a little while. I'm glad we're able to catch up. And this is a little uh, different business for you, right? I mean, uh, physical products haven't exactly been in your wheelhouse in the past. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. No, I picked this up from another guy who we're doing some different work for who was uh, not really interested in the business. So (laughs) it's funny how this all came together. Yeah, so uh, just to start, let's give our audience a little bit of context. What is Wake Up Brew and what kind of products does it actually offer? For sure. So Wake Up Brew is a whole bean coffee distribution company. Uh, So we roast our beans on Monday and they're in the mail uh, by Wednesday or Thursday. So some of the freshest whole beans in uh, the country that you can get delivered at your doorstep. Nice. Yeah, there's definitely a market for that. You know, caffeine, it's one of the great legal drugs of the world, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Cool. So what's what's kind of an average uh, price point of your products? I have your, your page up here, but just for the listeners, what what is kind of the price points and quantities? Uh, so we have two bags and uh, four bags. So it depends on, you know, how much coffee you drink. Uh, you can have that delivered. So two bags will get you, uh, you know, one cup a day for a couple of weeks and throughout the month. But if you're uh, if you drink three or four a day, you definitely want to uh, go with the, the higher, higher package. So uh, 24 and 50 bucks. Uh, is kind of where we're at. Okay. And so at that price point, what is your uh, MRR right now? So right now for this company, we're we're looking at about 7300 okay. um, just on just on this. We do some other stuff in the back end. Uh, we have some affiliate programs and kinds of things that uh, people sign up for. But just on this, uh, we're looking at about 7300 a month. Gotcha. Well, that's definitely not a bad place to start. And how long has the business been going to get to this point? So from revenue... Day one to revenue today? Uh, two years. Two years. <laughs> two years, yeah, to get this, this up and going. Okay. And do you offer any kind of upsells or anything as part of your product pipeline? Not in, not initially. Really, for us, is getting the coffee straight to them and them focus on the coffee. And then once they're in three months, uh, four months, we start introducing uh, other products uh, to them but not initially. So like, what are some examples of some other products that you offer down the line? Uh, we have a, um, uh, what is the thing called? The uh, cold brew uh, kit. And that's essentially, uh, you know, that took us a little while to source because of, uh, you know, with, with you have two different types of coffee drinkers. You have those who, you know, just want to have their cup and get their day going. And then you have the coffee aficionados, right? So uh, with introducing something like a cold brew kit, uh, we had a lot of trial and error in getting them the quality product uh, for the right pr- price for both of us, right? So yeah, the, the cold brew uh, kit is is one of those that works. <laughs> so what's kind of like a price point for that? I'm just trying to figure out like what oh, the sure, value Oh, sure, for sure. At $24.95. Gotcha. Okay. So it's a nice little add-on, kind of a one-time yeah. sale. Yep. Cool. So, you know, I know that your background isn't in physical products. So that's what makes this story most interesting to me. And, mm-hmm. and you said that, you know, you, you, you pick, picked it up from a deal with someone else. But what does that process look like for someone who hasn't run a physical product service before? I mean, are you having to do co-packers? Like, how are you actually facilitating the business? Or, I mean, is it you going in and, and roasting these coffees yourself in a machine? Or <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> No, so basically uh, how it happened was uh, a guy came in, he was doing, selling this product locally at farmer's markets and he wanted to really figure out how to get it going online. And so he engaged us to help him with that. 
Uh, and then, you know, throughout the process, you know, with having conversations with him, he wasn't really into the product. He was more just into getting, you know, sales, right? So after we had a conversation, I en- ended up buying it from him. Um, and then after the purchase, digging into the brand a little bit more, um, you know, it just wasn't being, it wasn't represented uh, in a way that it, it was being sold. So essentially he was just going and buying uh, coffee from wholesale coffee or whatever it was and putting it in his bags and and selling it as his own, <laughs> right? Uh, once that process happened, I decided to go out and really uh, figure out what does it take to source beans and get them to people's you know doorsteps. And through that process, taking a journey around the world, you know, I, I, I got a, ran into a couple of guys who were doing some things in Miami, uh, had a couple of good meetings, um, ended up they ended up purchasing a roaster through, they won a Bank of America small business contest to use the money to, to buy the roaster. And um, it just seemed like a great fit uh, for them to do our B2C. They do a lot of B2B work, essentially all B2B. And so we are the B2C side uh, and we uh, wake up brews that brand. Gotcha. Yeah, I was definitely curious about that, you know, because I know you from sort of the software agency world. So mm-hmm. it was kind of curious about you know, the mechanics behind the scenes on how that works. Given how you took it over and the size of the operation, you know, do you have any staff? Do you work with the contractors? How do you actually run the business? Really, it's uh, one other person um, who goes in and makes sure good. And we get them over to uh, the warehouse in Miami and they fulfill in the warehouse and uh, that's it. So there's two guys there. And so I guess with me, a total uh, team of four. Awesome. And so I'm looking at your site here and, you know, it looks like you can get, you know, individual bags or whatever, you know, from 20 bucks a month or you get both bags for 40 bucks a month. And as you mentioned, there's even the heavier drinkers, you know, they can scale up from there. What would you say your kind of average monthly order value is? I mean, like, like what's your most popular product that people choose? Is it, do people typically bump to that, the, the both coffees or one style? Yes. The, so for us, Dark Roast Blend is by sure our biggest seller. The goal initially was to, you know, swap it up every month and come out with two different blends. But as we sat in here and, you know, thought about what that work would be, you know, we're not trying to be the biggest coffee company in the world. We just want 10,000 clients on this on this service, right? That's the goal. So um, really, the average order value uh, is 20 bucks. It's really the one bag delivered. And then typically once people, the hardest thing is to get them to taste the coffee, right? Or to switch from the coffee that they're currently drinking. But once we get people to try the coffee, they dig the coffee, they like the convenience, it's easy for them. They typically upgrade, uh, you know, three, four months in. Gotcha. Cool. So, you know, the marketer in you, I'm really curious about, you know, what mechanisms you're using to drive sales right now. I'm sure you get some word of mouth as a portion of it, but are you actively promoting it? And if you are, what's really working for you right now? So we go in spurts, really. Like uh, what we do is word of mouth is huge uh, for this. Um, And then on top of that, we'll do giveaways. So we do, uh, you know, grab a free bag or one ounce bag to where we package them in these smaller bags and send them out. And then, so we'll give a, do a giveaway for that. Then from there, it's just, you know, upselling them into to the monthly. But we give them a cup. It's like have a free cup on us as the promotion. Gotcha. So it's sort of like a, you know, 
free plus shipping type of offer, would you say? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Do, do you make them pay for the shipping or do you pay for the shipping? Uh, we pay for the shipping. Gotcha. So it's really mm-hmm. just free. <laughs> Loss leader. Yep. Do you do any upsells on those particular offers to try to get them to sign up for a subscription, even though they haven't tasted it yet? No, we wait until they taste it. Because gotcha. what, what we found initially, like doing the typical marketing stuff, like it just didn't work. Right. Um, so we had these huge, like these big list of people who drink coffee that are like, hey, um, we don't like this process of you, you know, trying to put us into, you know, this co- before we've even tasted it. Right. It, 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 you know, it worked for those who were quick to just purchase something. But long term, they didn't stay anyway. So we just switched it up. Gotcha. Something different. Sure. So what do you find is kind of the optimal length of time? Because when you spoke earlier, you said that one of the big you know, levers and hurdles that you have to get over is to get them just to taste it. So it, it makes sense that sending mm-hmm. them a one-ounce co- you know, bag is, is providing value in advance. What do you find is yep. kind of the optimal time, you know, from the time that you put the box in the mail for the one-ounce coffee to where you can follow up with them and say, hey, did you like that? Like, why don't you want to you sign up and make an offer? Yeah, for sure. Typically, it's uh, two weeks. Most of the time, uh, they'll reach out first. But two weeks is, is kind of because, you know, it takes uh, three to four days to get out there. Usually, they don't get into it right away. They'll set it to the side. They'll see it one day, you know, and, and actually uh, try it and then reach out to us. Or by then... We've reached back out to them, asking them, hey, how'd you like the coffee? So how, so you wait two weeks before you ask them how they like the coffee? Or do you do like a, at one week, ask them how they like it at two weeks, checking in again and then making an offer? That first email goes out uh, 12 days in, uh, okay. out to them. Yep. Cool, cool. So that all makes sense. Um, we understand your packaging and suppliers. Now, I realize that you didn't start this business from scratch, uh, but I always like to no, find huh? out... <laughs> How did the first 10 customers happen on this? Did the guy you bought it from, did he make all those sales initially just at a farmer's market? So none of those, he, he didn't have any clients on recurring at all. So all of his work was, was, was doing the work, right? Like he literally load up and head out every weekend and sell this. None of those customers really came over because they were, you know, his customers. And gotcha. uh, once we dug into the business, it just wasn't <laughs> what we thought it was. So they were all uh, one-off sales It before. was presented. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he had some people, you know, recurring customers in his local market, but it wasn't sales or, or anything like that that were brought over into this company. Gotcha. Okay. Well, then that, that makes it a little cleaner then. How did you get your first 10 recurring customers for this business? I, I hustled, man. <laughs> uh, you know, I said, hey, you know, I grabbed bags, took it to my grandma, cousins, aunts, uncles, friends. Say, hey, try this coffee and give me 20 bucks for it. For the <laughs> back. <month. laughs> so it was, a, it was a, whole lot of, a whole lot of hustle, man, uh, in the beginning. And so once you started getting outside of that initial circle of people, you know, like your grandma, I mean, your grandma might want to buy anything from you. She, she probably would have just given you 20 bucks mm-hmm. a month, you know, um, without <laughs> the coffee. Sure. But, well, so for once sure. you get outside of that first circle, mm-hmm. you know, and, which is definitely a good place to start, what was the initial reaction and pushback or feedback or things that you had to maybe tweak about the product or the price to make it kind of start to work? For sure. A lot of it was we hit the the second bunch of, of coffee drinkers just by accident. You know, I would post on my timeline and stuff. And the, the people that came in were serious coffee drinkers, right? These are, these are the people who like their coffee a, a certain way and, and need it a certain way and appreciate every taste of the blend of the coffee, right? So we hit those and, and which was good because 
having those people give us feedback first um, was, hey, this coffee isn't, you know, strong enough or what I'm usually, uh, you know, trying. It needs to be darker or the Colombian is too light, uh, you know, that kind of thing. It helped a lot um, with kind of figuring out, okay, who who do we actually want to go after, right? And I think it, it worked it worked well. Like we're not like uh, again, like we're not trying to be the Folgers, right? We're not we're not in your 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 grandma's cupboard, but we like to be on you know your cupboard. Like maybe we don't want to have um, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people on this on this thing. Like we're we're we just want to be the coffee that people enjoy and they like to tell their friends about. Gotcha. I mean, so your aspirations for it is maybe hit you know a couple million dollars a year run rate and kind of call it good. Yeah. Yep. Call it good and sell it off. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So I, I really think that people underestimate and undervalue those those early feedback cycles. And I know you mentioned yeah. the the one ounce, you know, totally free samples. What are you using to drive those samples? I mean, free certainly helps conversion rates, but are you using paid ads or using affiliates? I mean, is there any kind of process that you're using to drive traffic to those offers right now? Uh, paid ads do contests. Okay. And so, so, so it's essentially a giveaway, yep. right? And, you know, that's, that's run paid ads to that. Right. So walk me through the whole process. I mean, what, what's your front end offer on the contest? Uh, is there any kind of grand prize? What's your follow-up sequence look like to try to get people to convert? For sure. So, um, you know, I'm giving away all the secrets, right? <laughs> well, you don't want to be the soldier, so that's okay. You're only <laughs> yeah, trying to carve out a niche. For sure. Yeah. So, um, so typically we do uh, a front end contest. Hey, have a free, or it's almost like giveaway. It's not contest. I give away, Hey, have a free uh, cup of coffee on us. And, um, we say, Hey, we do on Instagram, uh, some Facebook more Instagram. So we have them come in, uh, through that, uh, they'll go through the order process, right? We'll say, Hey, we'll ship this out for free. So it's just give us your address, phone number and all that stuff. We grab that information, uh, from there, they get it put into the, um, the initial sequence, like I said, that first email, besides order emails and that kind of thing, all those emails go out 12, I think it's at 12 days uh, to log in to verify. But um, 12 days, hey, hope you enjoyed the cup of coffee. Uh, can you tell us, you know, what you liked and just like kind of almost like a survey um, kind of thing. They, on, on that, we typically get back around 16, 17%, which is, we can probably do a little better. It's a little low, but on that feedback. And from there, if they do reply, um, you know, they go into a, a cell sequence. Um, and I think there's five or six emails in there. And then if they don't, uh, we typically say, Hey, thanks for trying the coffee. Anyway, if you don't mind, please let one of your friends know, maybe this is something that they would like kind of thing. And it kind of um, stops there. We haven't done much uh, with those folks. After that, uh, we just typically focus on the ones that Enjoy the coffee. Sure. So you focus on the engage list. That makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I guess I didn't really ask you, you know, if you're paying for shipping and you're paying for this one ounce sample, what is kind of that cost per conversion for you on the front end? Uh, typically, it's like $7.30 something cents. So you're basically paying $7.30 for a really hyper qualified lead. Yes, sir. Great. And then you said, you know, approximately 16-ish percent respond. And then that's the the segment that you really hit to try to get them to buy. Yeah, for sure. Do you know roughly out and of that? And the phone six- helps. Like, hop hop on the phone, people. Yeah, don't, don't be uh, afraid the of the unscalable. Helps. Yeah, man. Jeez. So of that 16%, which, you know, have at this point essentially raised their hand twice, right? They raised their hand for the mm-hmm. sample. 
and they cared enough to, uh, to give you some feedback. Of that 16%, what percentage of those do you think actually end up becoming a subscriber of your service? It's over 10%. So for, for all of those people that come in, well, I, I guess it's more like a 80% kind of thing. Of all of those people that come in, let's say we have 100 people, um, about 80 of them start their first month. So if 100 people respond that had taken the had tried the free one ounce coffee, if you get 100 responses, mm-hmm. 80 of those will sign up for a subscription? For sure. See, that's a killer. And that's why you're not afraid to get on the phone because you know it's an easy sale. <laughs> yeah, easy sale. Yeah. And then this is, you know, why I always tell people the, a list of the right people, a small list of the right people will destroy a big list of the wrong people. Exactly. Uh, which is why that 16 ish percent is so killer. So, yeah, you start doing that math. And um, do you know what your actual customer acquisition cost ends up being? Uh, I think it's somewhere around with ads. We are, didn't have the numbers in front of me, no, but okay. I think it's it's somewhere around like 13, 14 bucks to get a, to get an actual someone to sign up for customer, a conversion. Yep. Nice. Okay. So, uh, you know, what are your margins like? Does it take you two months to break even? <laughs> I just try. <laughs> I just my, try to figure my out. margins are crazy. My margins are crazy. So when those people uh, convert, essentially that first sale, uh, I guess it's too much, right? Depending on if they buy one bag or two bags. So that first month or the second month is when we're good for that for that person. Okay. Because of my margins are so good. So at worst, you have a, a sixty day, like at I, worst, yeah, at, at worst. Cool. Yeah. That that's pretty good, man. Yeah, yeah. My margins are a little different than than other folks in in the business. Because when I first started this thing, I went and I talked to a lot of the people who have these box subscription coffee companies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and because it, and a couple of them offered me deals that were just stupid. But because I, I did the work in the beginning and really I, I met the, the the people that I met, uh, we were able to come up with something that was just amazing for, for both of us, right? A win-win. And, and, and I think that's what counted. And so that's why I think my margins are so great. They're really good, even with shipping. Um, so shipping is the, the biggest part of this, this whole thing. But uh, even with shipping, our margins are amazing. So uh, I see on your site now you say, you know, free shipping with $40 or above. So if someone does a $20 a month, you know, the one bag or whatever, do they have to pay shipping on that? But if they do two bags yeah, or they'll more? Pay, yeah, it's four ninety five. But it's free shipping if they do two bags or more? Yep. Cool. And it's the same shipping price for us because we put it in the same box. Right. Okay. The same size box. Yeah, yeah, basically, you're just saying, "Hey, my margins on the second bag are are bigger than my cost in the shipping, so it's it's a no brainer to make them hopefully upsell, and then I'll cover the shipping, and they buy more goods, and we all win." Exactly. Cool. Okay. Well, you know, this is a uh, this has been interesting so far. Um, I always love origin stories, and I think it's particularly interesting. Are you willing to disclose at least ballpark what you had to pay to acquire a business like this that? Didn't have a recurring <laughs> base. You know, they had basically, it sounds like a little bit of branding and some incorrect sourcing that you needed to redo. So if someone finds kind of a, you know, business that isn't really working, but has some potential, what is that worth? So for for me uh, and for this, we were engaged as, and this person was a client, right? Who... Right. If he didn't use our services, the business was just going to die anyway because it wasn't really a business, right? It was a job. So 
it, yeah, it, essentially. And so <laughs> knowing what I know, right, and um, using um, some of some of the knowledge that I have and, you know, what this was all worth, I, I, I got a first deal, man. I, I, the guy was just, he would have given it away if I didn't say, hey, let me give you some money for this. Are we talking like under 20 grand? Oh, for sure. Okay. <laughs> under 10? Uh, for sure. Okay. So it was, it was really very inexpensive. It was, you know. Super inexpensive. Probably less than a couple of weeks of a, of a good quality developer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that gives us a ballpark. Awesome. Well, is there any campaign that you've done that has completely flopped and just kind of blown up in your face? I think initially the the giveaway stuff, we we're trying to give away a whole bag or we we're doing a contest for a whole bag. And um, a lot of those people were freebie seekers, um, which is, you know, whatever. Uh, they just didn't convert. I, mean, I it, it was a lot of work on our end to make it happen. And then even with all those people coming in, it just, you know, it, it, they just didn't convert. Hmm. I, I tried I tried everything. They just did not convert. So, but once we switched it up to, hey, have a free uh, or have a, a cup of coffee on us, uh, things got a little, little, little more interesting. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like once you did that, your metrics all kind of fell in line to what they needed to be in order for the math to yeah. work out. Yep. Cool. So, uh, I know you said it took you, what, two years to get to your current recurring revenue base? Uh huh. Yep. And and what kind of trajectory growth are you seeing around this time, month over month? So our churn is around uh, 20, like 30%, I should say 30%. So for us, it's really the amount of effort that we put in monthly is a real a direct correlation to, you know, the people that, that come in. I, sometimes um, it's a little lax, you know, because of, you know, working on other stuff. But um with the with the amount of work that we put in, really, it's it's just based on that. So, typically, we we try to bring in um, at least twenty a month. Twenty a month is okay. We really want to bring in fifty. Like I want to get to that ten thousand mark faster than anything, um, and just be there, right? But it hasn't it hasn't happened that way because of lack of my focus, right? And so just to clarify, by 20 a month and you want to get to 50, you mean 20 new subscriptions a month? Correct, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Yep. And so if your churn is about 30%, that means that if if you did nothing, that you know, you, within three or four months, the business would be near zero. I mean, obviously it plateaus because you have some of your probably really hardcore loyal fans, but yeah, exactly. your average customers would basically liquidate themselves within three to four months? Yep. So have you done anything to try to actively reduce that churn? Yeah, so um, that's what that's what we'll be working on coming up. Really, it's just seeing or knowing what that was. It, it just, it didn't take us a while because I knew from my other businesses, like Video Valley and stuff, we knew that was a metric that, you know, we needed to to watch, right? I mean, that's, that's it. So really, it's a lot of outreach, uh, customer service outreach that uh, we haven't done. Uh, that needs to be done because most of it is it's just hey or or and the consumption too sometimes people order more than um you know what's what's the saying my stomach was bigger than my appetite whatever that appetite was bigger, bigger than, than my eyes, eyes whatever it was yeah. yeah 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 so a lot of people have a lot of um they get the coffee and it stacks up over months and they're like oh hey i got you know this coffee well it's really meant for it because it's so fresh and how um, fast we send it out it's, it's meant for you to consume 
um, right away. So I think most of it is a consumption issue and a customer service issue on our side. Really, that's what we'll be looking to to fix uh, over the next uh, six months. Now, is that currently just sort of a working theory or have you actually done uh, a fair number of customer conversations with those who've canceled and asked them, hey, what happened and what could we do better next time? Yeah, for sure. So we're not having those conversations um, as much as we should. So it's more of a working theory. But of the conversations that we had, it's, it's really the um, them having more coffee than, than than they need. Gotcha. So what is a quantity in a bag right now? And, and is there a, a calibration you can make there for how much is packaged? No, I think if we went... Um, on the smaller size bag, like going to these these bags, the uh, twelve ounces, was really like an industry standard, right? And and that's what that's what we found. But I think even though it's industry standard, it doesn't fit across all blends, right? Because I think or all people or usage, right? So someone who drinks bulletproof will consume more because they're doing it every day. There's a workout component there. There's um, all like other stuff. For us, it's just, hey, drink our coffee, right? Um, more like a lifestyle kind of thing. So I think maybe there's some improvement there, but I wouldn't want to take away the the amount of coffee that they get um, because it's also, <laughs> it's good. Um, you know, hey, have, have more of this. And it, it doesn't, taking it down for the sake of them using it or consuming it more, when we don't have that, those numbers, I, I don't know. It'd be interesting if it really is just a speed of consumption issue. If when they went to go cancel, if you offered them and said, hey, what if we only bill you and ship you every other month? You know, start yeah. to space it out where you keep the, the packaging yep. the same. That way you don't disrupt you know, your current logistics and packaging and workflow. But you're just saying, hey, like, are we sending it to you too frequently? Uh, let's just space yeah, out exactly. that and have a different pricing model there so that there's some recovery there. Because if that really is the main pain point, there's probably about 14 different ways you can attack that. And that seems like one that might be yeah, for sure. low-hanging fruit. Yep. I cool. agree. Cool. All right. Well, you know, I want to kind of move into what I like to end each one of these interviews with. Certainly as someone, I mean, you're, you're spread out through multiple different businesses, right? How many different businesses are you involved in currently? <laughs> Six. Six. Wow. Okay. And And how many hours... <laughs> Or how frequently do you kind of toggle through all six? Are you are you logging into a dashboard for all six every day? Are you trying to spend a certain day of the week on each business? How do you kind of structure that? Yeah, normally it's um, I'll come into be, because my thing is automation, right? My my number one goal with with everything is to get it automated to a point where I only have to hop in maybe once or twice a week myself to make sure um, because you know that's where my genius is making sure that all that stuff works. So. Um, Typically, it's uh, for this, it's usually like once a week or twice a week, maybe um, for an hour or two. And but with everything else, you know, one, the agency obviously gets a lot more attention um, than the other stuff. But a lot of the other stuff was uh, stuff that I put in place early on and automated a lot of it. So it's it's not even though there's six, it's, it's, it's not that much <laughs> relative It's not that much work uh, for the others. Do you ever feel stressed and overwhelmed by all the different businesses that you're involved with? Just the agency. <laughs> just the agency. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's just a lot of, you know, when you're responsible for the growth and success of other companies, you take that on uh, sometimes uh, more personally than than other stuff. So, uh, you know, I really, I really like to, I, I like it in that we have the, 
how we how we can be in different niches and help them um, with their their you know automation issues. But at the same time, there's a lot of people involved, and with people comes problems. So. <laughs> In a world where everything or everyone always did what they said they were going to do, it would be easy. Um, but sometimes it doesn't happen that way. Sure. Well, what I was trying to transition to here, like, I like to end each of one of these interviews talking about stress, anxiety, panic, and even mm-hmm. depression that a lot mm-hmm. of entrepreneurs, just because we care so much, we're so detail-oriented, we're so locked yeah, in sure. that it's easy for things that maybe in the grand scheme of things aren't really do or die, but everything can feel more important sometimes or magnified. Uh, you know, especially like you talked about doing agency client work, you know, you can feel your client's stress sometimes on your shoulders, right? You can feel this need to perform beyond what, you know, you you know, you're capable of performing, but you still feel this really high benchmark to hit. Um, you know, I personally have dealt with generalized anxiety and even panic sometimes. And, I saw just yesterday that Todd Brown, who I'm a big fan of, you know, openly talked yeah, about that. how, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he dealt with depression and, you know, he's, he's someone that most of us would say from a outside looking in is super successful. You just never know what's going on under the surface. And, you know, it's definitely affected my life as well in certain ways. So mm-hmm. my question to you is, you know, are any of these things, you know, stress, anxiety, panic, depression, things that you've gone through in your entrepreneurial journey? And if they are, you know, what degree and then what coping mechanisms do you use to try to take care of your health and alleviate some of those strains? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, as entrepreneurs, like we, like you said, you hit it on the head. Like we, there's a lot, there's a lot of people that need to be taken care of. And, you know, some of those, you know, those people just count on you. So a lot of the stuff, um, yes, there's been, you know, I actually didn't know what it, like anxiety really felt like till last December. Typically, I'm I'm a pretty cool, chill guy. You know, I go with the flow. Things work as they work. But then when you have sort of outside influences like health issues with family members and you know close family members, things at work start getting behind. Like that stuff, like you know, sinks in and takes you out of your you know anything that takes you out of your routine, so to speak, is stress inducing. But I like to I like to think that a lot of the stuff that comes in first, first of all. I try my best to not deal with emergency types of situations because 90%, especially in business, because 90% of the time, it's not really an emergency, right? A lot of stress comes from, hey, we need this done now, now, today, you know, when it's not really um, not necessary. So never mind that you offered your deliverables, you know, two weeks ago and they didn't do anything about it. But now that it's due, it's, you know, you know, it's an emergency, right? So um, the process is the process is the process. Right. No matter if, if it takes two weeks to do this thing, it takes two weeks. Even if you give it to us, you know, the day before, it still takes two weeks. So a lot of that stuff is uh, rotations, uh, setting and, and, and stuff like that. But coming, you know, starting back around to like the, the depression, anxiety stuff. For me, one thing, you know, I had a, a, a without getting into it, a pretty stressful uh, a childhood or, or out of the ordinary uh, childhood. So a, 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 an escape for me was to go to the movies and just immerse myself or lose myself in that movie for the amount of time, you know, that the movie was. And when I came out, I felt good and, and could deal with what I need to deal with. I still do that as an adult. Like on Friday is I'll go see a movie just to go see a movie, no matter what it is. It could be the latest rom-com or, uh, except like scary movies that don't do scary movies at all. <laughs> um, I just don't. <laughs> so, um, you know, just whatever um, 
you know, just just get back into relaxation mode and kind of not have the weight of everything on you in those moments, right? I do a lot of that. And when something comes up, I give myself, like if it's a big deal, like losing a client or, you know, uh, like something big, uh, you know, I give myself a day to kind of sit in it, um, think about, you know, maybe what we did, what they did, whatever it was. And just, but after that day, it's like, you know, a lot of the time I see people, it sticks, right? For a month and two months, and now you're just spiraling. So having that, um, being able to um, uh, compartmentalize, if you will, uh, those things helps me get through it to a point where, okay, now that's done. Um, what can we really do about it? And for the past two and a half years, I took this personal development course. So being an entrepreneur the past 10 years or before that, um, it was all build my business, build my business, build my business, build my business, where there wasn't any self-care at all, Right. Uh, I didn't read personal development books. It was all about, you know, business and sales and marketing. And the conferences I went to were all about marketing. And for 10 years, so uh, I actually got into a course, a live event where you go and sit with top with other people who are going through uh, things. And man, like doing that course over, it took two years to complete it. There was some weekends involved. But uh, being in that, like, man, open, open a lot of stuff up that, you know, that I needed to deal with and dealing with that. And it, it, it just changed like everything for me, man. Like self-care is like the number one thing we don't do because we're always taking care of other people. And, and, and I think that's where a lot of that happens. So we got to take care of ourselves. Like, you know, if you, if you, if you gotta do therapy or whatever it is, man, I, I, you know, I, I tell people all the time, like do that thing, take care of you. Yeah. We had Aaron crawl on the show and he liked to bring up the neck, the, I guess the analogy when you're on the airplane and they say that the oxygen masks fall down, the first thing they say is put your mask on. Cause if you don't put yours mm-hmm. on, you're not going to help anyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Great. Well, is there anything else that you do besides going to the movies? Like, do you try to uh, regulate your amount of caffeine, even though you're a coffee company? How about sleep exercise? Any of those <laughs> I don't drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> I don't, I don't, uh, I don't drink a lot of coffee, but yeah, man, like I try to be active, uh, you know, play softball sports, that kind of thing try to stay active that way. Um, travel. I've been traveling like the last a year and a half. I've been traveling everywhere. I just went to Australia and uh, going to the Bahamas here next month. Uh, it, it, I'm trying to get to the Michael Hyatt's real big on this, like the 30 days off completely of work and, you know, letting the, the team do its thing. I'm not there yet. Not even close. But if I can get to the point to where it's, uh, you know, 30 days a year off completely, that'd be amazing. Straight. 30 days straight. That'd be amazing. But uh, yeah, man, traveling and doing other things. But again, like what what I do, like uh, with the automation stuff and the tech stuff, it was a hobby before it was a business, right? So like it's it's before I used to play video games like on, you know, Xbox and PS4 and stuff. But now like this is like my video game. You know what I mean? Like I love doing this stuff. So that's that's another part. It's of it like too. the ultimate real time strategy game, but you actually get real money right. at the end. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Before you're playing for coins, right? And it's like now there's real coins. <laughs> yeah. The one thing I wanted to kind of follow up on when you, when you said when you when you lose a client or it's something big that you let yourself feel it for a day. Um, I don't know if you mm-hmm. try meditation or or if you've studied mindfulness or these different philosophies around mindfulness, but they all sort of have one common denominator, and it's. It's that, you know, sometimes it's better to not try to fight the stress or the anxiety or whatever, but right, you, don't, exactly. you don't have to like it, 
but you have to accept your sensations and accept that it's happening and allow yourself to be present, even if it's not comfortable, because if you can allow yourself to be in it, then you can allow yourself to get through it and truly get through it. Because if you fight it, sometimes it can be a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, fighting the anxiety can cause anxiety about the anxiety and it becomes a self-fulfilling <laughs> loop. Right. Uh, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, anyone Absolutely. who meditates or, or studies mindfulness, regardless of what angle you're coming from, they all kind of come back to the same thing, which is allowing yourself to feel it, not enjoying it, but allow right, yourself exactly. to feel it is a really big part of the process of moving on and healing. Yeah, exactly. That's why I let it sit. You know what I mean? Let it sit there. Let me, I'll, I'll be in it. And, and just, you know, because a lot of people just like to push it to the side. And, and, you know, I did that for a long time. Like just push Decide, oh, it'll take care of itself or or I'll take care of it later type of thing. And, I, you know, was really just sitting in it, going over things, you know, like I said, stuff that we've done, stuff that they've done, I, I think helps a lot. For sure. Well, hey, you know, thank you so mm -hmm. much for for sharing not only about your business journey, but about the, the personal side as well. Uh, I really appreciated having you on. Uh, obviously, you have wakeupbrew.com. Um, but if people want to follow up with you and check out what you're all about or maybe ask you some questions after this interview airs, uh, what is the best way to do that? Yeah, you can find me on Facebook, the Damien Rufus. I'm trying to be on Twitter a lot more. So look for me there. I, I hear it's pretty cool. I don't know. But uh, Damien Rufus uh, across all platforms, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, you can find me on there. For the agency stuff, azbusinessinsider.com. And um, yeah, man. Great. Well, hey, thanks again for being on and thanks for sharing your journey. And uh, maybe we'll have to follow up with you in the future and kind of see how things are progressing and see if you hit, you know, that 10,000, 20,000 customer mark. Perfect. That'd be awesome. All right. Thanks, man. All right, brother.